Welcome to Soft Bites Podcast. Your life, your dentistry. We talk about ways to have more fun and meaning in one of the coolest and most rewarding professions in medicine. Conversations on how to bring awareness, create a healthy workplace, and provide emotional insights to make dentistry a fulfilling activity while making space for one's wonder, creativity, and freedom. Here are your hosts, Manuela and George Andre. Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome to our first episode of uh, the Soft Bites uh, podcast. So my name is Manuela Rodriguez. I'm here with Jorge André Cardoso. And today we, uh, we chose as a, a, a theme to talk about on this first episode, something that uh, me and, and André um, will discussed when we were the last time together. Uh, I've made him a question and it was a, uh, it was a very interesting, uh, conversation. Um, and we, I think we, we share some points in common, but, uh, there are s certain things that, um, that I think we can, we, we complement, uh, each other. So we thought that this would be a good, uh, a good, uh, subject to bring here for the, for the first episode of, of the podcast. So, uh, Andre. My question is, are all dentists leaders or only the ones that own a clinic? What you, what, give me your thoughts about that. Hi, Manuela. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for um, inviting me for the podcast for the first uh, episode. So that's a great question. Well, uh, if you think it in a more strict way, Well, it is obvious that um, the dentists that own clinics, they have more uh, marked leadership role. I mean, they can eventually have someone else manage the clinic. But um, let's say that the manager or the owner, they have uh, in a very, if you, if you look at it in a very strict way, they have much more specific and, much, and let's say much more demanding leadership uh, roles and um, let's say that would be the the ultimate level of leadership in dentistry is when you own a clinic because there's a lot of complexity there you have to the amount of people that you need to uh, to deal with is can be overwhelming um, especially after you start to have some success or some uh, growing in your practice. So the more people that you, you incorporate in, in the practice, the harder it will be, uh, the more demanding the leadership will be, the more prepared you have to be, the more capabilities of delegation, the more capabilities of communication. But, and um, that is something that I, that I that, uh, whenever I hear you talk about dentistry that, that made me realize is that uh, dentistry is a very unique profession that demands even for the simple associate, it actually demands some, some important leadership, leadership skills. And uh, like, like you used to say, um, you have to, in, in a certain way, you also have to be the leader of the patient when you are in front of the patient, when you are within the consultation. So even the associate, even the dentist that does not own the, the practice, needs to have some leadership traits, let's say it. He needs to understand leadership. And he needs to understand um, one of the most, I would say, the, one of maybe the most important skills of leadership, which is um, dealing with compromises and negotiation because uh, uh, leadership is not dictatorship. I mean, life is not as you want it to be because if, if, it, was, if, it, if it was a dictatorship, leadership would be easy, right? So you go and do that. <laughs> you go and behave this way. Um, No one in your practice has vacations. No one chooses to have the same vacation at the same point, at the same time. No one chooses to get pregnant at the same year, you know. Uh, but that's not the way, that's not, that's not how life works. Life is complex and life is uh, unpredictable. And leading, leading is negotiating within yourself, with the others. And from that point of view, dentistry, and I think it has... Um, Some very specific conditions in dentistry that demand from the professional a high degree of leadership skills. 
like I was saying, with a dentist, with, with a patient, with the assistance, even though he may not be responsible for paying her, her salaries, he has to have some leadership capacities when he is within a team. So let's say, for example, he's doing, a, he's just responsible for an interdisciplinary case and he has to be able to have leadership skills to communicate with the assistants, to be able to make sure that the end goal, which is to, to do the best possible treatment for the patient within the less stressful environment and the easiest and smoothest path that everybody gets fulfilled and makes a financial uh, reward that is uh, fair. So yes, it's um, you have the ultimate leadership capacities, which is very demanding, but I don't think, and I think it's a mistake if you are an associate or if you are just a dentist that is that thinks that even thinks it, that he will he or she will never own a practice, even still, I believe it's very beneficial to learn leadership skills because all these uh, interactions within the team and within the patient will be easier. And that is something that I, um, that I open my eyes with, with you because most of the, most of the advice and the, the tips that I talk about on management, I usually make it from the point of view of, of the, the practice owner or the practice manager, mm-hmm. management. And it's not... And it's way more than that. Leadership goes also to dentists that do not own practices. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my point of point of view. I already had the opportunity to share share it with you that I consider that all dentists have leadership roles, um, even the ones that are not clinic owners. Of course, the ones that are clinic owners, um, they maybe they are more aware for it, and of course they have greater responsibility and 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 that's i would like to that's what one of the things that i would like to ask to you also is if you think uh that uh, um uh, a practice owner that works uh five or six days on the chair has the time mm-hmm. to practice <clears throat> the leadership yeah. also but but before you answer to that let me just say that um the, the owners, of course, have more responsibility on leadership, and we are going to talk about that. But inside the cabinet, with their patients, uh, dentists are leading, right? Yes. And, when, and, yes. and they have the influence and the power decision. And yes. They must make hard decisions and tell yeah. people what they need to hear, but sometimes don't want to hear, yeah. right? And they have yeah. to be able to compromise, just like you said, and they have to be able to to have a good communication with the team and with the assistant. Um, yeah. So this is for every dentist, for every dentist. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things, and when I have this discussion with colleagues uh, and that they they think that they don't see it like that and i say okay so if you think about it if uh, if a dentist who, who is not a practice owner right if he shows good if he has good leadership skills right then if a dentist stop, stops working in a practice yeah. right the, he will take his patients with him for for another practice yeah. Okay. So, and that's the I think it's the ultimate yeah. example of how, leadership um, yeah. of leadership, even yeah. if you yeah. don't own a, a clinic and that the skills can be very useful uh, for you. So yeah. but let's go let's go back to but the sorry, sorry, Manola, can, can, yeah. I, can, yeah, I, yeah. can I tell you a story? I, yes, I think course, I've course. talked to you about this and and of course this 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 story is in a very specific niche of uh, of dentistry. It's in a very high-end cosmetic practice in New York, but the same thing can happen in other sorts of dentistry. So I was hearing this podcast that some people were interviewing Larry Rosenthal. I don't know what the podcast was. I don't remember the name, but... Uh, so basically, there is this story that Larry Rosenthal, and by the way, Larry Rosenthal was one of the first high-end cosmetic dentists in New York. So he was treating all these well-known people, models, rock stars, presidents, and whatever. So he started doing adhesive dentistry, and he started to to, to make um, veneers for very uh, wealthy people. And there is this story that he never confirmed, 
but Donald Trump went to meet him, right? And he, he was at his office and he was just giving him a treatment plan and he was saying, well, you need to do 20 veneers or 30 or whatever. You need to do a lot of veneers. Um, and Donald Trump, he was a negotiator, said, well, no, but I, I only want six. And, um, oh, I only want six. And he says, and it's, this is not a confirmed story, but it is, people say that Larry Rosenthal to Donald Trump, which was already a very well-known character at that time, he was like, he was, he, he, he was the, uh, negotiating all the real estate. It, I think it was in the 80s or 90s, something like that. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump says, well, I only want six. And Larry Rosenthal said to him, look, you are in the wrong place. I'm not only going to do the six. You either do the 20 or I prefer not to do it. So Donald Trump went away. And in the same story, which again, I don't know if it's true, I think that Donald Trump called him in the afternoon and said, look, okay, I will do the 20 veneers. And some people say that Donald Trump was just testing him. So, and this is, and he, he, not, he did not confirm this and he, he, for, for obvious reasons. But then in the same podcast, the, the authors asked ask Larry Rosenthal. By the way, Larry Rosenthal was the guy that Michael Appa, which is one of the most well-known dentists now, that he was the apprenticeship and he bought the practice uh, from Larry Rosenthal. And they asked Larry Rosenthal, well, you deal with a lot of rock stars, so many important people, models, that you, you treat the best models in the world. How is it to treat those rock stars? I mean, they are very difficult people to work with. And he said one thing that I never forget, and I think it has a huge, it is a huge lesson, even if you work in a small village. He says, look, inside the cabinet, inside the dental office, there is only one rock star. And that rock star is me. And this is a very important lesson because you don't need to be doing veneers. Even if you work in a small village, in a small town, every time that you think about doing a compromise that you know is not right for the patient, something that is not on his best interest, you will eventually suffer inside. And if you keep compromising, you are placing in, game, in, in great danger fulfillment and joy within within your life not only financially but also emotionally so let me give you an example you don't need to do veneers or full mouth rehabilitations in every patient but if a patient comes and says look i only want to do the six anterior teeth and you know it's a full wear case and you should do a full mouth well the patient may not have money to do all, everything in ceramics but you need to do a full mouth so you do it on composite. You are not going to compromise it doing only the six anterior teeth because you know it's not the right thing to do. I mean, you have to work within the limitations of the patient, but the rock star, the person who is in charge, is you. And you have to feel yeah. that. And sometimes, yes, you have to say no to patients because if it is in the best interest of the patients, I think it's uh, it's what you have to do. But I never forgot about that. So. Inside the cabinet, yep. there's only one rock star. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I teach on my on my mindfulness courses to dentists is that if you go, I mean, of course, in, and and this is dentistry is special. There's a lot of components. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of uh, so, of course, um, you uh, you have to be able to 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 compromise if if the patient doesn't have the financial yeah. capacity, if of the course. practice that you work with also doesn't have yes. the 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 access to the to the latest uh, technology. We know that, but your compromise um cannot be the easy fix your compromise cannot be the one that you feel inside and we know we all know what that means that you feel inside that you are not doing the best treatment to your patient right so um and and uh i i i i believe in uh, in um in, in this leadership model and again this is for uh, practice owners or non-practice owners is for for yes, all dentists. Absolutely. This leadership model based on on compassion. So, but it's wise compassion, right? So, compassion is that you care as much um, uh, you you care as much about others as you do about yourself. So, you take care of others, and you uh, as you would do to yourself. 
right? So mm-hmm. you will deliver the patient, the treatment to your patient, the same treatment as you do it in your mouth or in your mother's yeah. mouth to your, yeah. to your family, right? But compassion just by itself is not enough, of course. So you have to have yeah. the, the wise compassion. And wise, that, that's where it comes, the, the, the part that you, of course, you have to have the technical skills, you have to apply them, and you have to be able to, to, to make wise decisions. So you have to be able to, of course, compromise if the conditions are not the best, if the financial capacities are not the, the, the ones that you wish yeah. they, they were of your patient. But in a way that you feel that you are that you are uh, delivering uh, your your best, right? Absolutely. So, so that's that's why I believe in this model of of wise, uh, compassionate leadership for for dentists, and I think it's a model that fits all dentists. So, the practice owners and not the practice owners, yeah. and if and and it, this also goes um, towards what you just said because if you practice this. Then you, just like you said, you will feel confident, right? So that will give yeah. you the confidence to, 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 I mean, not only to talk to your patient, to be assertive to your patient, to, yeah. to influence your patient in a positive way, yeah. but also to feel comfort, confident on your technical skills to perform, yeah. right? Because if you work based in fear, if you work based in, Mm, uh, he's saying this and what about, but he's, am I going to be able to, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's never good. Yeah. Right? That's never good. So if you are able to, um, to, I mean, set your boundaries, right? Say yes. no when you, yeah. when you have to say no, so to be able to identify the, 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 where you, what you cannot do in order to not do the easy fix, in order to not compromise uh, the your patient's health and your work, in order even your mental health, right? Because Absolutely. if you if you go through the easy fix, then in the end of the day, it will be there on your shoulders, right? It will be on yeah. your mind and on your shoulders. Way, way that weight that you know that oh, I should not have done that. And anyway, yeah. the patient will be there three weeks, one month after, two months, one year after, but he will be there again, right? So, and um, yeah. it's the basic. There are studies that show that uh, if um, if the professional, if the healthcare professional uh acts ba- based only on empathy right so mm-hmm. just just uh wanting to 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 relieve the the immediate suffering of the of the patient right so just wanting to please the please uh the, yeah. the patient yeah. then the complaints rate gets higher right because you, you might even you might even say it to your patient look i'm doing this but i'm not sure if it's the right thing but okay you are insisting it doesn't matter because yeah. when things don't go well that's not well they will remember they will complain at the at the practice they will say to their to their friends and loved ones that you did that and it was not uh, and it's not it was not well done and this and this is well studied. So you have to be able to bring this this uh, this compassion, which is empathy in action, right? Not only for the for the immediate, but on the long term. So you're going to yes. solve your patient problem on the long run, yeah. and that yeah. will give you the strength then to be assertive, to say no, to to set boundaries, to reach yeah. a compromise also. Yes. But without compromising your, yes. I mean, your integrity and your mental yeah. health, also, yeah. which which is yeah. which is very important. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to say uh, anything else about this. Well, Otherwise, I would invite you to yeah yeah. yeah th- there's there's this there's this quote that I just wrote down, and I I usually use it throughout you know, whenever whenever I'm talking about which is caring about other people but don't care about what they think of you. And oh, yeah. this is a very difficult balance, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you said. And I wasn't even aware mm-hmm. there was this difference of uh, you can have empathy and compassion because for me, when I, from a grammatical, from, from um, uh, when I heard you say that, I immediately yeah. identified uh, yeah. the same thing that I say, but in another, in yeah. another way, but it's exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. 
So that's the difference but, between but empathy. But can you explain it? Explain yeah. it because you practice it. You practice it, and you. Well, it's it's one of the cornerstones of your difficult. practice, right? Absolutely, but it's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very difficult because it's, I it's, think we are it's not naturally easy, no? yeah we are naturally wired to try to please, right? Yeah. True. And especially yeah, and empathy in healthcare in healthcare, empathy is still we are still very wired for that, for yeah. empathy. It's like yeah. the more empathetic you are, the more your patient yeah, is going to like you, or the more absolutely. you're going to serve better your patients. That's yes. still very wired on healthcare and, uh, and workers. It's a very difficult and um it's a very difficult process if you don't if you are not guided on that. I, w I really wish when I was 20 that someone had this conversation with me because the change would not be immediate, but if I was confronted with this situation and given examples on a regular basis, I think I would suffer much less because like I was saying, we are all naturally wired to, to please, to be, um, like you were saying, to be uh, empathic, not to be yeah. mm -hmm. emp with empathy, right? Yeah, and we are we are very naturally wired for empathy, and um, what I realize is that if you mix that natural wire with the private practice of dentistry, that you need to make money to survive, then you have the deadly combination, because you you start to connect your success to financial success, and if the patient does not accept the treatment, you are not a good dentist. So it's it's in the beginning it's difficult to understand this, and what, whenever I, I I talk about this, I always try to give people small hints how can they, how they can do it. And for me, the most important thing is that you need to have mental space and mental time to talk to the patient to explain him or her about why your decision is this way and why your proposal is this way, because otherwise you can't. You cannot explain a treatment plan that is sometimes expensive. You cannot explain that uh, between appointments, within five minutes. It's not possible to do that. So, yes, you need to follow a compassion route. You need to present what's best for the patient. You need to, to start to place some seeds in the relationship with the patient saying, look, this is what you should do because if you don't do this, this is what will happen. Don't pressure the patient. I mean, there's a whole lot of techniques, of course, but I think the most important one, the basic one, is that you need to have time. You need to have time to do this, to lead the patient. And it, that, I think that is something that when I give advice to young, young dentists that, that don't, don't own practices and that they work in practices, and I tell them, look, just try to convince your practice owner that this time is important because financially, even financially, it will be better in the long term. Like you were saying, there are studies that say that if you go only with empathy, you only try to please the patient. In the long term, in the medium term, you'll find lots of issues because the patient, mm -hmm. patients don't want you to be, and I think this is also the same thing. In other words, um, it's more important to be... Um, efficient than like and if you think about it in, in opposite ways of course it's a little bit uh, strange i mean people have to like you you have to be liked but that cannot be the main goal of your practice you mean you, you don't want to be a dentist for people to only like you you want to be a dentist to what is best for them and sometimes what's best for 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 the the, the, the patient is not what he wants to hear but that is just life and to to give small steps in the direction of compassion um, more than empathy, I think it's the way to go, but having the time to talk to the patient humanly in a compassionate way, I think it's really the key. And without any time, you cannot apply any technique or any tips of communication. You cannot do that. You have to have time to be able to leave the patient. So I think that that's, that's a very important message. I mean, you cannot do transformations if, if you are stuck with empathy, I, and I think that we all are in the beginning of our careers, but if you are stuck there, you have to find ways to have time with a patient. It can be paid, it cannot be paid, and for me, the most important thing is to have time. If it's paid or if it's not paid, it depends on the practice where you are, but in the long term, even financially, it will be much better for you. Yeah. 
let me just tell you that about time, we can do just a podcast about time management Absolutely. in the industry. Absolutely. We have a lot to say there because time, uh, I, me, I speak uh, uh, about stress reduction in dentistry uh, every day. And then one of the major things on, uh, on how to reduce stress in dentistry is good time management. Yeah. If not the like the first one, and I I I usually give out this this example that for me it was like uh, uh, it's and I I still continue to 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 have it which which is 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 funny. So when due to the to the to the pandemic, right? So the all offices were were closed for yeah. what two three months maybe two months something yeah, like I that. Think, yeah, at least at least, and then. When they slowly returned to work, you had this new uh, protocols, right? Yeah. Because of the uh, protection material, yeah. etc. So, so you, basically, practices had to uh, had bigger uh, time for appointments and less yeah. patients, right? Yeah. So I had a lot of colleagues saying to me, "Look, Manuela, my my stress." Problem is solved. <laughs> now, since I got back to work, since I got back to work, met less patients, more uh, time for the appointment. I don't run around in automatic pilot anymore. I yeah. have time for my patients. I have yeah. time to do the procedures with time. So, yeah. And that's, and that's when I heard this, this was exactly my, my question after. So, are you going back? Because all of this is going one day, right? And already nowadays things are already uh, normal. Mm -hmm. And some of them said, uh, "Oh yeah, no, no, no way! Um, you get me there again. This is going to stay like this." And then other ones, uh, "Yeah, it. I have to. I have to because of money and and uh, the practice yeah, is not mine, etc., etc." Et but this is the biggest example, right? So it takes a pandemic for you to see that your biggest stress issue was uh, time management, that you needed more time with your patients. So, and, and this leads me to the second, to the second uh, part regarding of what you just said. He, for having good time management, for knowing the difference between empathy and compassion, to be able to change your behaviors in a more a compassion way, to be able to observe yourself if you are acting on, on empathy or compassion, you need self-awareness, right? And that's something that it's also not taught in dentistry. And that's why I think, again, that mindfulness is huge and it's super important and could, and I, I see this also this shift of of perspective on on dentists when they become aware of all of this they become aware of themselves and they 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 become aware of everything that it's actually happening in, uh, inside themselves and and in the environment when they start to have self awareness but if you don't have self awareness then you cannot make that shift that you that you just that you just said. So, yeah. and this has to be, of course, this has to be learned. This has to be trained. It can be developed. It's a skill. Like yeah. it's like I, I usually say, it's like uh, learning to play an instrument. Yeah. But but it's possible. It's possible, and you will feel uh, the benefits, and they are they they are they are huge. But if you don't have self awareness, and if you don't have time. If you don't have self-awareness and you, if you have appointments every half an hour, <laughs> yes. uh, how can you, you know, then you mm. have like a highly skilled treatment to do with a highly emotional person in front of you because no one likes to go to the dentist, right? So basically, and you have a short amount of time to perform that highly skilled treatment. So it's like, what am I doing? Am, am I acting based on compassion or on empathy? What she's talking about? I have no time for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. So, and all of this that we are going, that we are already talking and that we are going to talk about on the podcast and that we are going to talk about on our course. Yeah. It's, it's really, it needs a change of perspective on the way that you face your, re, your everyday dentistry. Right. I, yeah. I see it that. Usually the dentists that come to me, the colleagues that come to me, they're already 
ready for that for that change they know yeah. that they can change something on yeah. their dentistry practice to make it enjo enjoyable that yeah. uh, or at least they know that they don't want to leave that dentistry practice yeah. like like the way that they are leaving it because it's leading them to ex exhaustion it's leading yeah. them to to be unhappy and sick yeah. yeah but if you really look I mean, you cannot, you cannot blame them. I mean, I mean, for us, we are talking about because we learned and we practice it and we try, like you said in the beginning, well, I try to practice it. Yeah, but you have to have the intention of it. Yes. But if you never heard about these things, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you didn't, don't realize that you are basically spending your day just reacting to your patient, that you are being controlled by your patient. That you are not leaving them, that they are yeah, leaving yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, so, and it's, it's, it's all, it's all, these are all sometimes very hard concepts. Uh, if yeah. you are just practicing that dentistry, you know, that you are basically in survival, in survival mode. So I think mode, that yes. also we, what we are trying to bring here is, uh, this, this notion that you can practice your dentistry uh from a place of flow from a place of groundness instead of a place of reactivity mm. uh but 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 it's possible right it's possible but it's not taught to us no one at, at least i don't know about you but does someone teach Absolutely. you this in the university no no they haven't yeah and um i think you were talking and i was about to to ask you um it's it's I think it's very personal, right? What makes you want to search for these things? Um, I think in, at some level, it's innate. I mean, it comes from something inside you. Uh, I remember the first time that I got curious about uh, yoga, for example. I was in my... I think it was before I went on an interrail in... I went with my cousin in the year of uh, 98 or something like that. And I bought this, I went to Amazon and I bought this book about yoga, the Tibetan Yogas of Dream and Sleep. And it was the first time that I read something about self-awareness, about being the present, about noticing your surroundings, about noticing yourself, about noticing what's going on, about being a, an observer more than a reactor. And I think that if you ask me, so why did you get that book? I don't know. I have no idea, and I, I wasn't even working yet. But when then I, I and I think that came out of curiosity. That's the first thing. But then when I started to work, I started to work. I opened a practice. I was doing um, a master degree. Uh, my personal life was on the verge of rupture. So I think that was not out of curiosity. That was out of pain. So it's it's even within one person sometimes what leads you to search. So there must be a way of doing this difference, and that's one thing. But also now when I look at my, I'm 43, and what makes me want to learn more about this is to have it. It's a third thing. It is well, I've lived almost half of my life, right? I'm maybe at the peak of my career and I want to be happier and happier and happier. So you put things in perspective and say, look, yes, I've, I've went through a lot. I'm, I, I am happy most of the time of most of the days. I'm very, I, I would say I'm very happy most of the time. I can't, I can't deny that, but I want to have a peaceful second half of my life. I want to enjoy myself. I want to have fun. I want to contribute. How can I do that? So th those were three different reasons. So the first curiosity, the second was out of pain, pure pain. And now because I think that I just, I want a peace and I want to, I, 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 maybe it's more a, of a spiritual way of, of, of searching for help. Maybe it's that way. But it, those are three different um, reasons why I want to understand how I work, how people work, how we can better work together, and what are my what are my strong points, what are my weak points, why do I react the way I do to certain specific ways? And I think you have to you have to come from a place of 
self-awareness. You have to understand who you mm -hmm. are. You have to understand what makes you happy. And you have to understand how you interact with others. Because at the end of the day, and this may sound like a cliche, but it's true. We are all on the same boat and we are basically we are all one. And we have to be able to, to understand how all this works. Because the more you differentiate yourself from the others, the more you think, so uh, there's something wrong with the world. They have to adapt to me. You become lonely and lonely and lonelier. So I have, I think that my at this point, the third reason why I'm searching for, I keep searching for help and I keep searching to improve myself is because I want to know how I can better function um, within a team and how I can contribute to that. So yeah, those, those were very different mm -hmm. ways. And I'm sure that you have a lot of students that go to you mm -hmm. and, and, and there are maybe some other ways Uh, maybe sometimes mm -hmm. it's, it's the wife that says, look, you have to, you are not at home uh, in time. So I'm going, I just bought you this curse from this girl, Manuel, and you have to go and do the course. I mean, there, there are many ways to, to, you, to search for that. You, you, you just mentioned the, the, the three uh, main reasons that uh, takes dentists to, to, and to we haven't search for a, We haven't rehearsed that. We haven't We had yeah. we had a small script, but that was but, not on the script. But, Yeah, <laughs> but that, but that's true. The first one is curiosity. So, mm -hmm. ah, okay, mindfulness. What what's what's this? It's this for me. It's not. A, let me see yeah. what 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 she's saying. Let me see yeah. what she's saying. Let me. How can yeah. I? Let me see how I can I apply this to my dentistry practice. The second is suffering. So <laughs> it's the dentist that, uh, and it was the one that led me also to mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's, it's some, I mean, men, uh, suffering in a mental way, some suffering in a physical way also, Absolutely. because I mean, stress can be, um, it can be, uh, uh, it could lead you not only to exhaustion and to mental exhaustion, but also to, 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 to become physically sick. Right? Absolutely. So suffering, uh, I had, I, I, I had a dentist one time that told me something that I'll never forget. He said, uh, look, I don't know what, what you're teaching. I don't know what you're doing, but I need something. <laughs> I'm, something in, in, I'm in such must, a, yeah, I'm yeah. in such a, a, a state of, of, uh, of yeah. suffering in yeah. my work, of having no meaning in my work, of, of yeah. wanting to give up, but I love yeah. the profession, but I cannot yes. handle it anymore. So yes. I will do your yes. course. And yes. That's so, so and, cool. and then the third, the third that is so cool. are that the must ones. Be, are, that must, yeah. It must be very cool to be able to have people searching you for that, isn't it? That is so cool. Yeah, I mean, I would like it that that it would be like more in a preventive way, you <laughs> know, course. that they don't then yeah. reach the, the state yes. of, of yes. exhaustion. And that's, and that's actually my goal, is that this, yeah. this, that dentists could start seeing this as a, a, a something that is mm -hmm. part of their continual education, you know, something that yeah. they, they, they need. Uh, mm. Because, I mean, let's face it, stress is, is a big part of, of, of dentistry. Uh, yeah. we, another part of the, epi of the podcast, we can just talk about stress because it's a, sometimes there's a, a, much confusion about stress and anxiety because mm -hmm. there are two completely different things mm -hmm. because you cannot eliminate stress from dentistry that's impossible right you cannot have a stress-free dentistry yeah. we i mean all dentists agree on this but you can have an anxiety-free dentistry yeah. so it would be interesting to to talk only about this a bit to really differentiate this too yeah. because these are really really important to differentiate yeah. but since we all agree that you cannot have a stress-free dentistry mm -hmm. then why is not taught in the, to dentists to manage their stress. Why is not taught to dentists to, to distinguish between stress and anxiety? So do you understand what I'm, what I'm yeah. saying? So my yeah. goal is to make all of this available in a way that, uh, that dentists don't think like it's a luxury, you know, or that they don't yes. have time for it because yes. this is, This is basic. It's in the basic level of, of dentistry because you mm -hmm. have to be healthy mentally and physically to be able to perform well, right? Mm -hmm. But, but, and I would say, and the third group are, are the, the last group that would be 
on the stage that you are. So they are the ones that already heard the older guys, that already, the older guys, basically. Uh, right? No, I think there's a new generation <laughs> that is already very yes. aware of yes. all of this thing. Yes. You know, there's yes. a new generation Absolutely. that are, that is yeah. already aware of the, the power of the, of the soft skills and, yeah. and that they already are aware of the, um, of the um, sense of community, right? Yeah. And, and, and the, And also I have this new generation that comes to me that says, I don't want to live dentistry on a fight flight mode. Yes. Right. So they, they are already aware of the ways mm -hmm. that they can operate, you know, so, th so th that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, but also, but also, okay, older, old uh, of our generation, uh, also people that uh, already know about mindfulness, already have a meditation practice, uh, yeah. already have self-awareness, right? And they, but they wanted to take to the next level, right? So they want yeah. to learn how to apply it in their dentistry practice. They And they want to, just like you said, they want to spend the rest of their careers in their best shape. Yeah. Because if we think about it, I mean, it might be, This might happen with other professions, but I mean, I only know dentistry, so that's all I'm going to talk about. But dentistry kinds of mixture with your, it, it, it gets into your life, right? Yeah. Um, so at, the, at, the, at a certain moment, it's, it, it's all, all already, it, it's like, um, it's your life, like dentistry, right? So, and, And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Of course, you have to distinguish uh, your work from your life. You have to be able, when you get out of the practice, to to really get the practice out. But but it's a big part of your life. So if you can, if you learn how to optimize that, if you learn to also how to have fun with that, then it's a huge part of your life. Then that yeah. gets better, right? And, and then you, 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 you are able to do it in your best shape, right? Mentally, physically. It's like, it's like you said, I, I consider, I consider it to be, um, uh, when, when nowadays there's a lot of people talking about an, a holistic dentistry, right? Yeah. So that mm -hmm. you treat your patient, uh, not just treat the whole, the whole person, not just the teeth, right? Yeah. But for you to be able to practice a holistic dentistry, you have to include yourself on that. <laughs> you, yeah. Yes. So how can you yes. practice in a holistic dentistry if you don't take care of yourself, you do, if you don't include yourself on that? Yes. Yeah. Right? And this, yeah. Is, this is very basic. And when I say this, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, Something that I think that we are ready because when I say this, it already makes sense to dentists. You know, they might not already be practicing it, but it's they. It's already makes sense. Yeah, I think that 20 it. years ago, when I gradu graduated, if I if someone came to, with this conversation, it's like to dentists. I don't think that dentists was, were quite ready for yes. for this. Yes, but nowadays. I think that that dentists are are getting getting ready to, uh, um, uh, yeah. to to hear these things and to start practicing these things, and this is something that we can can also talk about in another another uh, uh, episode of the podcast that I also that you are passionate about that. But this is basically uh, biology, right? This is basically our body producing the, the neurochemicals, right? This is basically um, us being aware of the way that we are uh, operating during, during our days. Yeah. Um, Dentistry so should I, be something I, contributing to your life and not making it harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. That, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. And that's why I think that us speaking about all of this, uh, subjects and, and, uh, it will contribute for some colleagues to, to, yes, that's the goal. to, to, yeah, to feel that it's possible to, to, to have a different dentistry and, and to feel that it works because what I feel, I don't know if you have that, uh, same feeling is that sometimes there are dentists that, okay, they, they see what you are saying, 
but they think it will make them lose money. Yes. You understand what That's, I'm saying? Yeah. When you were talking, I think I was always thinking about that. Well, people say, well, that's very beautiful, but that's very nice. But at the end of the day, I have to make money because I have to pay this and this and that. Well, uh, you, of course that you have financial commitments. You have to do that. You have to, you have to be aware of that. But I think that you have to understand that in the long term, um, mindfulness, in my opinion, and self-awareness will not only will, will bring you a financially more um, more rational balance between your happiness and your financial um, stability. I, I I really don't think for myself. I don't really think that I would ever place my financial success above my uh, mental health, number one. And when I say financial success, of course, that you have to, you cannot, money will not solve uh, um, all of your problems, of course, but it will solve the basic ones. So if you are not making enough money for what you think is what, what will bring you the minimum comfort, of course, you have to change and you have to go, either you have to go to work in another practice, either you have to open a practice, either you have to sell your practice or you have to move abroad and go to other country. Of course, you, ne you need to have what is the minimum financial comfort for you. But above that, of course, you have to think about it in the long term. But at the end of the day, you have to think that the goal of life is not to make money. The goal of life is to it's, it's to be happy. It sounds like a cliche, but it's true. And money is a part of that. But you cannot be a slave of the financial uh, aspects of your career. I mean, if you own a practice with many people and you think and, and you, you, you look at your expenses and you have to do this and you have to sell this amount of dentistry, you really have to look inside this, all the details within your business, within your business to understand Where is the money coming in? Where is the money coming out? And how can you do that transformation so that you have the time that you want and so that you can overcome the issues that you want, that, that, you, that you have? So once again, you have to be self-aware of what you are doing. You have to, it's, I think it's like you, you levitate from your body while you are working. You look down at your practice, at your life, and look at it as a system and, and, and say, look, This is not right here. This is not right here because I'm not happy. I'm not spending enough weekends with the family. I'm not going surfing enough. I'm not traveling enough. So from an outside perspective, which is basically self-awareness, where can I change? Where do I need to change? Can I do it for, with myself? Do I need to seek help? And try to find other people that went through the same things and were able to, to overcome it. Because, I mean, information is all out there. You just have to find it and, and, and it has to make sense to you. I think it's, you have to talk to people that have gone through the same thing. And it has to make sense to you so that you can do the change that you want. And of course, we all have very different goals. Some people want to make money because they want to retire early. Some people want to make uh, um, money to buy houses or to buy cars. Some people just want to have fun. Some people just want to travel. Some people just want to have families and raise kids. It's very different. But If your goals are not being met and if you are not happy in, the, in, in what you are doing, you have to make changes. And for me, and this is a very personal view, and honestly, more and more people I see thinking the way that I think, honestly, more recently. I wasn't aware of that, but even here in Portugal. And I think you have to have money for your comfort. You have to have money for your future goals. You have to save money. You always have to save money, my opinion, even if it's little, even if it's a small amount. But it needs to be intention in what you are doing. I'm doing this because I want to be this in this situation next year, two years, or third or three years. I mean, it it, it may seem like I and it for me in, in in the when I was younger, I thought that scheduling stuff and making goals would bring would would remove the sexiness of life. You know, I mean, this is should be boring, this, right? Yeah. yeah. Just let it flow, whatever happens, whatever happens. But I think that when you live your life that way, you will be unhappier than if you do things intentionally. So I want to travel 
um, for example, I'm going, I'm going to Costa Rica for three weeks at the end of the year. Um, and I, 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 at this point in time, I, I can take vacations about two months a year, which is something which is very good, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. I would like in the future to be able to spend like six, to have a year with six months of vacations or at least one every three years or something like that. But that will not happen by magic. It will not happen by magic. Mm -hmm. There must be intention. I mean, I need to gather a team that has my back. And how can they have my back? By me having their back as well. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's impossible. They need to understand that I have their back so that they, they can have my back so that I can do the things that I want. I can save the money that I want for what I want. And I want to do the things that I want the way that I, I want. Right? But mm -hmm. for me to be able to do the things that I want, I need to help them to get the things that they want as well. And, and, and this is yeah. a big part of leadership. I mean, the best, yeah. the best way that you can influence people is to let them influence you. So you have to listen yeah. to them and you have to, to, to so that you can and, do the things uh, that you want. And that leads me to that question that I already raised so that we don't say goodbye without answering it. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think Let's go back to leadership for okay. clinic owners. Do okay. you think that it's possible for a clinic owner to be yeah. a good leader, to practice yeah. a good leadership for his, his uh, teammates, for his patients, for mm -hmm. for the person that are uh, that are part of the clinic? That it, because if you think about it, it's it's not only assistants and 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 colleagues. You have the lab. You have it's a lot of work, so right? Things. Do you think it's possible for a practice owner to be a good leader if he works five or six days in chair, in the chair? Mm, no, I think it's, I think you need to have, if you like, even if you like clinical practice, and if you love clinical practice, if you want to be the manager of your practice, you need to have, I would say, I would say between 15% and 20% of the time working um, not clinically, but doing management. I mean, not placing your gloves. You need to not place the gloves on about 15% of the time. That would be my suggestion. Because otherwise, and, and you cannot book that time and then start to feel it with patients that have emergencies. I mean, you have to be strict with that. And of course, we'll talk a lot about that in the podcast, how you can make that transition. But I don't think it's possible because you will get extremely frustrated. Your team will get frustrated with you. You will not be, have, you will not be able to have a sustainable leadership in your practice if you don't spend, if you want to be the leader, if you don't spend, I would say 15% at least of the time doing Uh, without your gloves, just doing management, just thinking about the process, about the system and implementing it. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's mm -hmm. possible to spend too yeah. much time working. Well, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's possible also. And it comes, uh, it has to do with what you said before. You have to be intentional in your, in your work. So uh, I think that for, for my opinion and And uh, again, I was never a practice owner. So yes. this is... <laughs> yes, of course. This but is it's... just what I observe. It's yes, just what it... I observe. But yeah. my opinion is that um, practice owners have to make uh, choices, right? They have to make choices. To make uh, choices, right? They have to make choices. You said gloves on, right? On the mouth of the patient. And then they have to delegate... Yes the the management they have to delegate the management absolutely. and and yes, there's way absolutely. of delegating the management absolutely. if you don't want a, a, a manager uh, that has nothing to do with dentistry nowadays there are dentists that are able to do the management or yes. you like the leadership yeah. part and then you have to compromise and then you have to see you have to be intentional you have to yeah. um Understand what amount of time do you yeah. need to to manage your team? Do, do do you what amount of time you need to manage your your practice, and what amount of time you want to work 
on the chair, on the mouth of the patients. And then you have to be really intentional with your time. Yes. You cannot compromise, like you said. You cannot, on the days that are yeah. just for, yeah. for management, yeah. it's just for management. You have to really be strict uh, about yes. that. Yes. But yes. I, I don't think yes. that yeah. a, a dentist, which is a practice owner, just if he has full-time uh, schedule, full-time agenda with patients, uh, the days that the practice is open, then... And, and we know that, I, I mean, I know a lot of dentists, they are not only managers, they are dentists, managers, accountants, uh, work the, they do the marketing of the practice, they go shopping yeah, for the practice, I don't absolutely. know, yeah. they are multitasking, <laughs> <laughs> they are big multitaskers, but something will fail, something will be uh, left behind, you will not have a good communication with, with, with your team, so it's really uh, something that I, yeah. that I and I think that's something that practice owners are already um, aware of. That uh, that 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 yeah yeah. yeah it's yeah, a recipe for, sure. for drama. It's for a sure. complete for recipe sure. for drama. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's let's finish the, this the first episode. I think it's already oh it's a, a long one. There's something else that you that you want to say uh, about yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that I would that I would add to that is that this may feel scary. So, so now I work. Someone is listening to this. So I work six days a week. I cannot stop working six days a week. These guys are here telling <laughs> that I need to spend at least one day doing management. How can I do that? Well, the trick is do it step by step, doing it slowly. Think about make a plan and doing that transition. Okay. So let's say you can say, okay, I'm going to, as soon as I have a free agenda, I'm going to book that month, that day, and I'm going to give small steps. So I'm going to spend one day a month, and then two days a month, and then four days a month, and that is one day a week. So it needs to be step by step, but then you have to plan your way out. You have to communicate with your patients that you are probably going to stop doing some procedures and how you communicate that, how you, how you talk to them. How, how is that information uh, presented to the patient in a compassionate way, not in an yeah. empathic way, right? So don't get scared. Do it step by step. And uh, I'm sure that in the next podcast, we'll give you a lot of, of, of tips and, and hints that you will appreciate so that you can have a transition to have the fulfillment in dentistry that you want. In the next podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the how to how to be a better leader in a in a multidisciplinary team. So there will be uh, there will be tips yeah. and 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 practical uh, step by step on how to do that. But not only on the next podcast. I mean on. Yeah. On all our conversations, yeah, on all our conversations, every podcast. I think we're going to be talking <laughs> not only about uh, how to make that um, that specific uh, transition, right, on how to find time on your agenda if you are a, a practice owner to practice yeah. the leadership that uh, that that it's a leadership that is effective. Because that's what we also are talking about. It's not only yeah. to, to enjoy it and to have fun, it's to be effective, right? to be intentional and to be, and to be effective. Of course. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and I think that it's one of the good things that we have between uh, the two of us. And um, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but I think it's the... I find it really interesting when I started to 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 hear you talking that you talk in in the practical ways of uh, the things that I say in a in a theoretical way. Yes. So we complement each other very well because you have the 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 practical actions. First of all, you you uh, practice what you preach. So you practice those actions in your in your practice. So and that's how you. How you came up with them, also, right? Yeah. I, well, I tried to, I, I, and um, it's yeah. not a smooth path to be a doer. To actually try to do what you say that you do, and try to 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 motivate a team to do that. It's not a smooth path, and you have to again, you you have to care about the team more than you care about what they think of you. 
because what is the best for the team is sometimes not what some specific member wants to hear. But yes, I try to be a doer. Yes, I am. I, I, I try to be a doer. Yes, as much as possible. And that's why I think we complement we complement so well, because um, I I'm more focused. Of course, uh, I can I can give the practical actions, but I'm more focused on the on the on the other part also about the, the development of self awareness, of emotional intelligence, of the mindfulness itself, yeah. of the stress reduction. Um, and, and you put this, all of this yeah. in, in practical actions and practical, uh, uh, step by steps protocol. I think you are very good at that on, on, on make things simple and, and effective. Um, so I think that of, of, of our conversations, there will be always practical actions that, that dentists can, can, can take. And what, what, what goes right and what goes wrong and how to prevent some stuff. But, but I think, that practicality without intention and without yeah. thought is nothing, just pure chaos. I mean, you have to think about what you're doing. It has, like you were saying, when you talk about mindfulness, those are very important things because they, the intentions, the goals, they need to make sense for the, I mean, you, you cannot place into practice something that you don't believe and understand it does not make sense to you. It needs to make sense to you and you, you need to find that, that reason why you are doing this. I think that's why you are very good at it, which is explaining it is why they need mm-hmm. to do this. Because because if you don't need, if you don't do this, you know of all the drama that that we all know of all the drama and inefficiency. But I think I, I like the word drama because it defines um, many emotional things that go on. I would say in most of the dental practices, there's a lot of drama. And drama is one of the worst things because drama kills joy, drama kills wonder, drama kills curiosity, drama kills kills fun. Drama, if extended throughout many years, makes people apart. And I think that the opposite is to accept each other, even within our own our own limitations. So I, that, that's why I think it, you are very good at it and explaining why you need to do this. Let, I mean, let me just say uh, something that that came out, came to my mind when you were saying drama. I, I totally agree with you, and uh, and do you, my do you know why I think that dentistry uh, and when I ask this to dentists, why do we, when they are relating all the all the drama, just like you said that their day is when they are uh, working and in the practice, etc., etc. And when I ask them, why do you think yeah. that, that that happens? Why is there all that yeah. uh, that drama? Why do you spend your days like this, like that? And you know, oh yeah, and it's the patient and it's the assistant that I told that, that I tell her not to book uh, emergencies and then uh, this and that. And it's my you know, boss. It's the emotions, right? So it's this is drama equals yeah, yes. drama equals yes. emotional react reaction. So it's like when you have a, a, a difficult conversation, it's because you are afraid of your emotional respo- response or of the emotional response of the other person. So. It's there's this, and again we go back to self awareness. But there's this uh, lack of awareness of how emotions play a big role in dentistry, and dentists are only aware of the emotions of the patient, of course, because it's they they have a person in front of them that can can have anxiety or, but there's. All kinds of emotions during a, 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 um, a day of, of work in a clinical uh, office. And that, if you are not aware of it, equals drama. And, and if you develop the self-awareness, if you develop this emotional intelligence, the drama will drop significantly. <laughs> Well, I have a lot to to learn from that. I have a lot because being a doer, sometimes I'm not, I just want the, the thing to happen. I just want the drama to end. And, no. But people are not robots, you know. I am not a robot. So it's, I, I have a lot to learn in that because I am emotionally, I think I could improve a lot in terms of self of, of emotional awareness. Because like you were saying, being very, very, very results-driven and, and be very action-driven, uh, sometimes you forget that... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. People are not machines. Yeah, and and we don't have time, but I had here, and I told you, I had here some leadership models for us to compare, but maybe on another episode we can do that, but because we already okay. uh, have one hour, but we okay, can go perfect. back to the to the, to the leadership model and uh, in dentistry and what we what we 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 think is the best because there are there are I think that by us uh, uh, speaking about the, the 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 leadership models, I think there will be dentists that say, "Oh yeah, that's me." Because I, when I told you this leadership models, you told me, ah, yeah, that one, I think yeah. uh, that was the way I started. Now I'm evolving. So I think it will bring some awareness to some dentists. But okay, yes. we'll leave it to another episode uh, yeah. because this one is quite, it quite, it's quite long. Yeah, we'll have uh, leadership models. Yeah. And, uh, and, and let's just do a, a short invitation because we are going to have uh, our our course. We're going to have a three days yeah. immersion course on conscious uh, uh, leadership and dentistry in a very beautiful place in the south of Portugal, in Algarve, in Sardis, yes. where we are going not only to talk about all of this, but to teach all of this in a practical way, teaching the, giving the protocols, giving the step-by-step. -step. I will yeah. teach the, how, how to develop and train self-awareness and emotional intelligence that we just talked. You will, you will give the, the, um, all your know-how that you practice on your, on your practice. And it will be a very practical and a very fun three days. Um, so, and, to, to every dentist that is listening and seeing us um, here, just bring the curiosity, open up your mind and, yeah. and join us on these three days because I think it will be not only fun, but that you will take a lot from, yeah. from, this, from this course. Yeah, and we, we'll also have some uh, ready-to-use tools, uh, formats and templates that you can use for management and for communication. And I think it will be very interesting. It will be a very, I'm really looking forward to that in a very, uh, the wonderful scenery of the south of Portugal. And I think that uh, I'm looking forward to that. So it will be in March uh, next year. And we will give all the information on the show notes. We will get, we'll, we'll leave the, um, the link. And, and, and yeah. Bring bring your curiosity, bring your uh, your uh, open uh, open minds, and just like you do when you listen to us on this episodes, and 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 join yeah. us, and we will see you on on the next on the next episode. Thank you, Manuela. Bye bye. Thank you, Andre. Bye bye. <laughs>